0: it. That last one felt pretty lucky. Sometimes I always sometimes I forget about the one for luck. Um, Hmm? I also am aware that I just said sometimes I always, which. is <laughs> is a sentence that uh, almost immediately contradicts itself
1: i love that that's um that's I, I don't know if this is even i should include this but that's one of Ber- bernadette's verbal tics is that she's like i'm always sometimes doing this <laughs> <laughs> and uh it is it's very endearing because <laughs> it's almost like i want to make a sweeping statement but
0: i'm not quite committed to yeah, it yeah <laughs> i want to make a sweeping statement but I also want to, you know, just read it back in a little bit. Um, (laughs) Very endearing. That is funny. Um, So, we are recording this on March 23rd, 2021. um, Which officially marks one year to the day since the announcement that the UK was going into a national lockdown. Yeah. Yeah how fucking crazy is that <laughs> <laughs> it is it's
1: is crazy um i think the craziest thing is that like i remember last year thinking oh i just want a year to pass so that we can be better ba- can be basically over um which was very naive of me i wasn't the only one who was naive at the time yeah uh, there was <laughs> a lot of people who are like oh i've got a holiday in october should i still should i still keep it and you're like oh i mean it might be fine by then it wasn't. <laughs> we're a year later, and we're still very much in it. I know. Um, but I,
0: I keep. I've been thinking a lot about, like, my mindset at the time that, uh, you know, things were kicking off, um, at this time last year, and I remember just so wholeheartedly thinking, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's 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 silly to have been thinking this way. I think it's how everyone thought was like, oh, you know, this is like weird, um. And this will be like a weird few months but you know then we'll be out of it and i remember like my girlfriend like obviously i mean obviously everybody was upset with it about it but you know the kind of night that we went into lockdown like my girlfriend was quite upset about it and i was like hey look you know at the end of the day like this time next year like this will just feel like a blip like this will just feel like this weird thing that we all went through and it's a bit of a novelty you know it's like we're gonna have to talk to our friends over over like zoom for a while and you know, like it's gonna be kind of weird, but like it will be fine, and it will just be like a thing that we that we've went through. Um, and it's like now we're a year later, and that that kind of annoying sentiment that you know of like this is the dude normal, which used to annoy me so much. It's like it is literally that's just what it's become now, to the point where hmm. now a year later, and and they're you know. We, we have this quote-unquote roadmap to get us out of this that involves the pubs being open and stuff like that and it's like my brain like can't like process a world where like that stuff is allowed to happen anymore because i'm just yeah. so used to not doing it and i'm so used to like not engaging with my friends in person uh to the point where like Yeah, that the idea of that now just feels so foreign to me that it kind of like str—it stresses me out a little bit. You know what I mean? This idea that Hmm. that's hurtling back towards us, and it's like we got to get ready to like reintegrate ourselves, and it's like, what is that even gonna fucking? What's that gonna feel like now? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 fascinating how much this might change because like,
1: even as we go back to some sense of more normality before COVID, you're like, how much are we gonna keep? How like? Uh, are we are we going to be keeping our masks for much longer than than we're expecting, like wearing them in the supermarkets and um, like ordering drinks at the pub, and um, you know, and, and stuff? Like, I, I always think it's fascinating how 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 uh, kids are going to be uh, who mm. grew up now during this COVID phase, how they're going to be um, going to be growing up. Are they? Are we going to have like a huge like increase of germaphobes because they were taught at like really young ages, like you need to do you need to wear a mask, you need to clean your hands every two seconds. Um. Yeah, it's, it is. It yeah. This is. It is like it's oversaid, but this is so such a historic moment. This this changes everything, and I that's, you know, it's not even a new insight, but it is it is profoundly changing of everything.
0: Yeah, that that kind of thing you were talking about there, like the germaphobe thing, like even though I still work in a shop and I'm kind of around people every day, there'll be instances like. Yesterday I had to go pick up a prescription from the doctors, and the way they do it is it's like a vending machine, and they send you a code, and you type the code at the vending machine, and then it spits out your pills. Which you know right now <laughs> it feels like not the best way to do it because you're having to touch a screen that sick people are also yeah. touching. Um, yeah. And yesterday I went and I got it and I typed it in and I put the pills in my bag and then I went to get my hand sanitizer and I I didn't have any on me, and I like shat it like I was properly <laughs> like fuck. And so i'm like walking down the street towards my flat like so aware of my hand and the fact that right now (laughs) my hand could just is could be a fucking killing machine (laughs) like um and i i ended up there's a pound land on near my flat and i just like swung in the door of the pound land and used a squish of their hand sanitizer and then kept walking down the street um, because I was just so paranoid I was like I've just had to touch this fucking manky screen that's like covered in fingerprints and stuff and now I can't like I can't like wash that off and it was like so scary and I'm like I'm like remember a year ago when you just used to walk up to a fucking cash machine like it was no big deal you know what I mean and it's like no I don't go anywhere near cash machines I'm like no thank you <laughs> No. Uh, um, I still have that thing even a year later
1: where I watch certain films and TV shows and if there's t- if there's too much crowds or too stood together I'm like, "Oh, I still like I get a bit of a a wariness." Yeah. And you're like it, it it's such a strange like you you like we have all sort of changed in a um in like a way that is probably going to be irreversible. Like there are going to be like more phobias of crowds and stuff even when crowds become normal again. Mm. Um, like you, there is going to still be this sort of fear of crowds because it's just been gr- drilled
0: into us for yeah. this, uh, last year. I think even just remembering like, and maybe this is to I mean, I guess every, you know, everyone's had their own experience with it and stuff. So it's like, obviously when we say, it's like, you know, when we say these things, we're not speaking for everybody, but I know something that i found very strange is I've like occasionally bumped into people I know in public and face to face, i kind of have forgotten how to talk to some of my friends (laughs) like really to where like i i feel i feel like when i'm having a conversation with them face to face i'm so in my own head about Hmm. what they are saying and then what i need to say next and i'll say something oh was that funny like or what what do we do now like how do we move on from like this but i like i just don't remember how to interact with people i'm because i'm so used to the weird stinted slightly delayed naturally awkward way that we have to talk to people now over video call.
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's so fascinating especially because um i remember reading an article at the beginning of all this that was like video calls are more stressful because it, it highlights awkward silences more yeah um so it's funny that you've been doing them for so long that the reverse has happened the yeah natural conversation is harder than um this form where if there's an awkward silence between two people on a video call it's immediately obvious
0: yeah it's so obvious and you're just you're racking your brains trying to think of any way to try and fill it and it's especially Mm. uncomfortable when it's you know when it's when it's not just two people when it's like a group of say nine people on screen at once and it's like nobody knows what to say to break the silence (laughs) and it's like how how did we get here like this is awful (laughs) um yeah, it's such a weird one, and it's going to be so interesting, like, over the next few months, seeing how things develop. I hope to, f- because the the thing, and I don't mean to be a pessimist, and I don't mean to be a downer, but the thing I keep worrying about is that we've been in this situation before. Like, we've opened back up, and it all seemed great, and I was like, yeah, th- well, that's us now, we're kind of, we're kind of, it's a, we- it's a bit weird, but we're kind of mostly back to normal, and then it all went to shit. And so I think in the back of my mind like as we're starting to open up again I'm just like yeah but is this going to be it though? Like is this yeah like, the wh-
1: slight optimist it, the slight optimist in me is saying that the the difference between this time and the last time is this time we had the vaccine. Yeah, definitely. Uh so that that's going to and as the older generation like uh, and the the sort of vulnerable people get it, it's going to keep like the um the numbers of um Like people who get seriously infected from it down so we have got that on our side this time i do i do worry that opening up too quickly and even having a roadmap will make people um too sort of overconfident about going Mm. back into normal life but you know try to stay on the optimistic side yeah this time we've we've got the vaccine so that that's something
0: yeah i hope to god it is um i just kind of think like you know the the kind of things we were just talking about there like the little kind of uh anxieties that you have about going back into the, the back into some form of normality i had those same things back when we opened up in sort of summertime but it had only been about four months of this whereas yeah. now we're sitting on a year um and it's just such a long time to be removed from normality, which, yeah, I, I mean, fair play to all the people, I, so many people, who just do not seem phased by it in the slightest and are just ready to fucking get back out there. That's kind of what I meant, It's like, mm. every person's going to have their own way of dealing with it. Um, I am very excited at the concept, Danny, of the two of us sat in some sort of establishment, drinking and laughing <laughs> without any kind of delay or... <laughs> I, Touch our face. I, I miss touching my face in public. I miss just touching missed it so much. I miss. I
1: miss touching your
0: face. <laughs> I miss being able to cough in public and not thinking that everyone is looking at me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on on the
1: on the topic of film, have you? Ha, how much have you been missing the cinema of late? I,
0: I think I've just gotten used to it not being there.
1: I think. Yeah, the, me too.
0: I think the thing I missed the most... We kind of were talking about this uh, before we started recording. Because we do that sometimes, contrary to popular belief. (laughs) Um, We were talking about um, Mank, the David Fincher film. And I was talking about how uh, when Mank was about to be released, I was so ready for it because you know it was a david fincher a brand new david fincher film and it just felt like i needed to latch on to it because i was like this is something new and it's from an auteur director that i like i just need that i need this to be amazing and like even if it's not great like it's still just nice to see something like this again yeah you know what i mean um because my film watching habits have slipped so into this kind of comfort food um re-watching a lot of stuff from like the mid t- like kind of 2000s from sort of when um, I was like you know first really into film and kind of watching a lot of that kind of comfort stuff um so it was just nice it was nice it was nice to just be like oh there's something there's something coming that we <laughs> can watch and discuss and um you say that as if it's recent. Mank was like <laughs> November. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what well, was it that long ago was Mank November?
1: I think it was late November. I thought it was
0: like January. No, it was like it was November. But this is the this is the the other issue that I, I was having is like that because I'm watching a movie, but then not really discussing it with anyone. I almost hmm. forget immediately what my opinion of it was. So like. Yeah. Whereas you know, sometimes we'll uh, we'll reference a film that I, like I haven't seen it in like ten years, and I'll be like, oh, I've seen it, but I, I couldn't have a conversation with you about it. I'm like that now about films that I watched two months ago, um, because I just don't, I, I didn't really talk about it with anyone, so my opinion just kind of like goes it goes in one ear and goes out the other. <laughs> um, yeah. How are you feeling about the cinemas? Do you miss the cinema? I do miss
1: it, um, but I, I'm the same as you. I've not it's I'm used to not having it now and uh yeah so it's it is a strange feeling I think it when I go back into the like what if I when you finally like book your first ticket back into the yeah. cinema it'll be like oh this is exciting like a, a you know proper cinema experience but I've not I've not thought about it too much I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of over like longing for it if
0: that makes sense yeah. I miss it
1: but I don't long for it
0: yeah it's not kind of as much as I love go into the cinema it's not the kind of top of my list thing that I'm excited Hmm. to be able to go back and do again Um, because at the end of the day
1: friends and family Yeah.
0: at the end of the day as much as I love new movies it's an experience that involves sitting in a dark room quietly by yourself and I've done a lot of that this year (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm ready to sit in a loud well lit room and talk (laughs) <laughs> yeah loudly um, and touch each other's face and touch each other's face i can't wait to finger your molars that is Don't know why i said that simultaneously <laughs> the sexiest and most creepiest thing you've ever said <laughs> um do you want to uh so do you want to introduce the yeah. show or we can we can fucking get this ball rolling uh what's up people at peopleton welcome to second opinion movie podcast i'm your host danny jones and with me A year, COVID, old, Scott Morrison. (laughs) One cough away from death, Scott Morrison. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to talk about, um, you know, topical, (laughs) one year on, still topical. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk about uh, Steven Soderbergh's Contagion, uh, a film that is very relevant to the last, you know, the last year. Um, I wanted to talk about this film uh, back when things first kind of started kicking off hmm. um i was quite keen for it and you talked me out of it because you were like i just don't think you know if anyone out there is, is still listening like i don't think that what people are going to want to listen to right now is two people talk about contagion a film that is just far too close to this current situation um, yeah we we i think the first film we talked about was bloodshot uh, yes. and I, was, I still stand by <laughs>
1: a better <laughs> decision this is, this is a better movie. I, I feel like I didn't even need to say that. Um, but like, it, it, I think it's a better decision. I do feel like even a year on, I was watching this film and it was still quite, it still put a bit of fear into me. Like it was like, even though we're, we're over the worst, I would say of this um, pandemic, not in the sense maybe of cases, I, I, I could possibly, I'm not scientific, even remotely scientifically, able to tell you that. But I feel like, we've we become accustomed to it. And I think that was obviously the worst thing is having to become accustomed to this lifestyle um, of barely seeing anyone and staying indoors as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but even then, after this year, you're watching this film and you're just like, it just reminds you about all of that fear from a year ago. Because it was, it was scary. Like oh, yeah. It wasn't qu- quite as dramatic as this film was, but there's people like the panic buy-in and the, the not knowing what was going on and and um, the ambiguity of it all like um i remember that the weird the, the weird thought of like oh my work might have to close which now feels like an understatement because i've only worked two months in the last <laughs> year which is insane i've had a job since i was 17 years old so it's such a strange experience to have only worked yeah. two months in a year uh so <laughs> that first inclination of like oh this this place might have to close for a bit you're like Future, past Danny you don't even know the, <laughs> you don't even know the start of it yeah. but all of the scariness of it all of the ambiguity I I, I it came back watching this film this film like considering it is a 2011 film so therefore a 10 year old film at this point mm. it was still it's,
0: it's still like really captured like last year yeah. really well and I think your kind of decision to, to, to hold off on watching it I think has paid off really well because i did watch it i watched it by myself um because you know apparently i just hate myself and wanted to be scared <laughs> i watched it kind of i think maybe around late march kind of early april time last year and i was already like wow it's you know it's it's kind of incredible how spot on this this film is kind of capturing the situation you know while in sort of a a much, a much more i guess uh. Because, yeah because the, the the difference with contagion i guess for people who haven't seen it is um the the disease and contagion kills you very quickly um yeah it's very much a you get it and sort of a day later you are dead um yeah whereas you know cor- coronavirus there's some people get it and can be very ill uh, some people can get it and show like a little bit of symptoms some people can get it and be completely asymptomatic you just don't know how it's gonna affect one person to the next and especially in those kind of early days it there was that kind of chat which was like well I, I don't know anyone who's got it and like yeah none of my pals know anyone who's got it and nobody I work with know anyone who knows anyone who's got it but this this number just keeps going up and up you know what I mean and it, it was hmm. it was very bizarre. Um, but I was going to say that I think, it, I think it's paid off because I think, um, watching it yesterday, it's, th- there w- there's things that the film, uh, uh kind of, uh, touches on that hadn't happened this time a year ago that have now happened. The one I was specifically thinking okay. of is, um, during the, d- d- towards the later half of the movie, the virus mutates. Yes. Which, yeah, It does is is you know not recent at this point but in the grand timeline of the last year is a relatively recent thing these kind of mutations mm. of the virus into deadlier forms of it that's something that yeah that that i'm not going to say the movie gets right because it's not it's not a thing of like i don't think contagion predicts this i think contagion was a no. very very well researched film yeah you know what i mean uh, absolutely mm. i don't think it's a case of like it's like the Simpsons like they predicted this shit it's like no Contagion clearly they went to the right people and asked hey how would this situation played out um i'm sick of side note i'm sick of people telling simpsons predicted stuff
1: it's been on for 30 years it's bound to get things slightly happens. right yeah <laughs> it, yeah it's like it's it's bound like it the it's it's never anything interesting the simpsons predicted this it's like it's never anything interesting it's been fucking there's countless hours of the simpsons at this point Yeah, of course
0: it's gonna get one or two things vaguely right no i know i know um uh uh, i for uh, i've lost my train of thought i apologize i i definitely derailed you there um
1: no the mutation is it's a it's a very re- well researched film and I, I think it was even at the time it was it was applauded it was like had loads of re- scientists in to to like to talk about it and you, you do get that because well i mean that's why it stands up so well it, it during an actual um pandemic is like it because it's so well researched that like you can look at it now and go, yeah, that that is like not. I mean, a, a definitely a more cinematic and dramatic version. Yeah, but it's like not far off of what happened last year, uh, and what is still happening. It's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very good film. I feel like that's an almost obvious yeah. thing to say because you know Steven Soberberg, is the boy. You know, he's he's <laughs> he's, he's the boy. He, uh he uh, he's a very like. I mean, I don't know if all of his films have been hit, but he's he's definitely done way more hits than misses. So. Yeah you know you're not you're not gonna deny him it but um this film is is really well it's really well done it's uh really well shot uh it's obviously as i said really well researched really well acted and it's it does a really good job of balancing all its characters a lot of films can get lost in that because this is not a protagonist film there mm-hmm. isn't really a protagonist per se um but it never feels lost in any all of these people it does it really really well really well directed film
0: yeah i think um what you were kind of talking about earlier uh about it kind of reigniting a bit of fear in you like it did 100 percent did that to me um where kind of about about sort of 20 minutes half an hour into it i was watching it and i had a moment where i started thinking about the fact that i hadn't had hand sanitizer on me when i went to the the vending machine for my pills um and i'm just sat there and i'm like how long did I wash my hands for when I came in? Like, did I wash them thoroughly? Because I need to remember I touched that thing and I'm like, I'm just going to go wash my hands again. And that was like, (laughs) that was the movie. Like, 100% because the movie like so... reignited that fear in me. That was like, yeah, I need to be careful. I need to go wash my hands. Like, I got to do this. So I don't
1: know if there's even any sense of... (laughs) like, summarizing the story because it really is like it's the story of a pandemic. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is a uh, an American who, he go, she goes to Hong Kong and she accidentally, uh, or not less accidentally, more inadvertently contracts the virus um, that this film is about. And she brings it back to America. And the rest of the film is a, a series of, pe- following a series of different people that um, like either dealing with the infection or trying to investigate it. Uh, I got it's, it's weird watching this film and getting a bit of a vibe of a detective film mm. that's a very strange part of it um, yeah it, it very much it feels like it's, it's even like a detective film comes like spy conspiracy film it like almost
0: times. feels like it almost feels like every kind of kind of vignette that is going on in this film could be its own movie almost yeah. um because you kind of have you could have you know not not i don't want to say generic but i guess the more classic kind of film where you experience something like this from your average man's point of view uh your matt damon character and that kind of deals with you know uh the effects it has on the average person and and the panic that spreads throughout your your friends and your family and all that kind of stuff um then you kind of have the marion cotillard uh story um where she's kind of trying to find a vaccine and then she gets kidnapped by some members of a local village who have had a lot of casualties and they're holding her hostage saying that, that you know, we'll let you go the second there's a vaccine but we want to be first in line and that's, you know, we'll let you go as long as we're first in line to get that vaccine which in of itself kind of feels like its own film. um, yeah. And then you have... Uh, Yeah, the more kind of Kate Winslet, Lawrence Fishburne kind of plot line where, especially Kate Winslet, where she's kind of in charge of tracking the virus down. Like, where did it first come from? Um, And how is it kind of spreading? It's like all of these things feel like they could be their own movie. And Hmm. I think you kind of touched on it uh, earlier. It's like, I think that the, the, the thing that this film does most impressively is keep you invested in every single one of those stories. Even though you're not spending like a huge amount of time with each character, you do find yourself quite invested in, you know, some more than others, but at the very like I would say all of them. You know what I mean? Hmm. I I think you find yourself like yeah quite engaged by all their stories. Um yeah, and I think that that is that is to its testament that he's able to take and I think it's why I think this film is so impressive is that he is he does manage to cover most kind of major aspects of a pandemic without, like, getting too bogged down in one or leaving one too far to the sideline. I would say the only one that maybe does get left to the sideline a little bit is the Marion Cotillard one, because once she arrives at the village, they do kind of leave her until much later in the film when the vaccine is found um but yeah like i, I kind of think that's like the most impressive aspect yeah. of it
1: it's very very well made film in that sense absolutely um you do get i like i liked following matt damon as like the just the average man who's uh dealing with this and um you get a lot of the sort of public reaction through him and then you get the 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 stuff that really hit the nail on the head the the Jude Law stuff mm. with the conspiracies and the the fake cures and stuff like that which yeah, that all happened. Yeah, we we there was loads of conspiracies online. There was loads of fake cures, and I think the only th- the, the thing about this film is it ended up being too modest in how far it went. Yeah. <laughs> in the end of the day, we had the president of the United States at the time, like declaring some of these fake cures and um, yeah, that was some uh, of these conspiracies. That that um, was something so I kept thinking about. Modest.
0: Um, that was something I kept thinking about. Was yeah, that they they, they go for this kind of cookie journalist character. uh is is trying to push forsythia which is i guess just kind of an over-the-counter drug that he's claiming he's claiming that he had the disease and that forsythia cured him and so that kind of causes like a rush on that product from the public and i kept thinking while i was watching it like who could have predicted that the scummy, weird Jude Lord character in real life <laughs> would be the President of the United States <laughs> trying to push... Yeah. ...that, um, hi- what was it? It was like hydro... Is it hydro chloride uh, or something like tr- that? I was yeah. trying
1: to, Even while watching this film, I was trying to remember what mm. it was. But, like, it's funny because this film puts him puts as not even a journalist, a blog writer, which yeah. they describe in this film rather cynically as uh, graffiti with punctuation yeah uh, and it's like <laughs> steven Silberg's like oh the only person who could ever could like compare all of this conspiracy theories would be a blog blogger that would be where the that's as far as the the diseased conspiracies would mm. go and you're like oh, oh steven silberg uh you couldn't have predicted it but <laughs> yeah <laughs> it went a lot higher than you were expecting
0: but even in a sense like i almost wonder like i you're saying that it, it feels modest now um like I'm, I, I would wonder what the, the, the general feeling towards that character was back in 2011, where maybe it wasn't as believable that some blogger could have a following of like 12 million people hmm. who are taking his word as gospel, whereas now that happens all the fucking time. Um, now we've got an anonymous was it
1: 4chan poster named q who has got all of these people's attention yeah it's like he's not even got a blog or anything he just comments randomly on things and that's created a cult around it like it's so it's so like the the blog feels like it feels more ambitious it feels more actual sort of closer to journalism than we actually got in the conspiracies
0: yeah I suppose we
1: could talk about the way it's directed, because the way it's directed, uh, it really does focus on um, like the hands and stuff, and you you like in the the, the direction does a um, the director does a really good job of focusing on when somebody mm-hmm. shakes somebody' hand or somebody passes something, and it's it's so subtle and like um, as as we were talking about earlier. Now I watch um, regular stuff and I see somebody yeah. shaking hands and I go. Oh no you can't do that even though it was like for, for a film from like 60 years ago or something yeah. like no 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 don't do that. Don't, don't you don't understand how, un- how hygienic it is um although the introduction of the virus is like she's taking the peanuts from those one of those peanut things yeah. you get at a bar I'm like nobody ever ever would have taken <laughs> no <laughs> even before covid they were disgusting <laughs> things um but there was a, a very good like focus on like if some if you somebody picks up the uh, the somebody picks up anything like the 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 camera is a very good job of focusing on that and like your head goes oh my god is that
0: where the virus came from oh my god that's why everybody's dead yeah because he has that great kind of montage at the beginning um that follows the spread of the virus where it's like yeah gwyneth paltrow's sat at the bar and she hands the bartender a credit card so the bartender has now had contact And then the bartender Mm -hmm. scans the till and then types something into the till. So now she's had contact with the till. And then the waiter is like touching that till. And now he's off gallivanting Mm -hmm. somewhere. And it's, it does a really good job of like chronicling that spread and just how, how easily and how quickly it can move through. The scene where uh, there's the, the casino worker who walks into a lift with a woman and two children and he's coughing all over the place and i'm you're watching it and you're like well that's three people right there like they're in a just a, mm-hmm. a tiny enclosed space and he is spluttering up a storm like and then where are they off to you know what i mean it's <laughs> um yeah he it, it it does a really good job of just showing how how easily it can just it moves yeah. because we fucking move it <laughs>
1: It's frightening to watch. You you do you. It's like just gives you that jolt of memory of like, oh my god, anything I could tu- I could touch like might be infected. Uh, it's very very well done. Yeah. Like, it, and, and and as as we said, that's ten years uh ago ten years ago now. So, um yeah, it's you you can imagine. I never watched this when it came out. But you can imagine it, but making germaphobes out of people before the the pand- uh, COVID nineteen. So, good job. on I it.
0: think I remember going to see this twice. Like, I think when it came out, I was really, really into it. And then I just didn't hmm. really think about it again until... Yeah. I, I actually remember, like, before we went into lockdown, but when things were kind of kicking off, I remember there was a, f- a random Facebook post came up, and it was like, this old movie predicted coronavirus. <laughs> and it was the end sequence um, where the bat eats the banana, drops the banana in the pig pen, the pig eats the banana and then the pig is killed by the butcher and then the butcher shakes hand with gwyneth paltrow and that's that's your that's your ground zero like that's your first transmission Mm. and i remember they posted that and it was like oh this really old movie predicted uh coronavirus and i commented down below i was like is fucking contagion really considered an old movie now (laughs) (laughs) it's been 10 years um it was nine at the time but it is what even that even the, and again it's not. I know it's not like the, oh they fucking predicted it, but they kind of got it spot on as to how I think the the initial transmission started the the pig the yeah. bat the you know. Uh,
1: I think that the uh, the thing that it really highlights is how prepared we really should have been for all of this. Like, because yeah. if, if you if you take this film as like a translation of what like scientists and researchers were telling us at the time. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, this is this is all very very possible. Why did why did uh, we not watch that film and go right? Well, should we not prepare for this? Should we yeah. not make sure we have the infrastructure uh, infrastructure support this? I think the the one thing that really caught me off guard was at one point Lawrence Fishburne says social distancing. Yes. Like, wow. Yeah. That's such a strange term to have been used ten years before now because uh, now it's such a commonplace term now you can't imagine that term ever going out of
0: vogue like yeah oh yeah that, ever that, that, it. that 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 those two words will just be burned into our psyche for the rest of our lives yeah but there it is but back then code. it must it was um, so, such like an it's such a kind of alien thing to hear you know hmm. what i mean um um it's so strange hearing it heard like you said in in 2011 i think um what you were saying there about um that it, it kind of shows that the unpreparedness that that we had, like I think um another another thing that it, I keep saying, like another thing this movie captured quite well. This movie just is like so fucking. It just captured the whole thing like so fucking well. Yeah. Um, is when I, I can't remember who exactly she's pitching to, but Kate Winslet is walking a room of people through the current situation and the fact that they're gonna have to start shutting things down. And this this sort of board member just keeps pushing back, and they're like, oh, but you know. We're coming up on this time period like that's one of like our busiest times for like tourists coming through and that kind of stuff and it's like th- i feel like in reality the government was like so transparent about that almost to where it was like well we can't shut things down because that's going to cost that we can't do that to the fucking economy so you know pubs pubs have to stay open but we're actively discouraging people to go into them and things like that and it's like hmm. you can't think about these things in terms of money right now like it has to be in terms of like lives that we can prevent when she's in the football stadium or the hockey stadium or wherever they are and they're talking about setting up the the hospital situation and the woman walks in and she's like oh I'm sorry is this coming out of your fucking budget or ours and it's like that shouldn't matter right now like fucking people (laughs) are dying like and it's it's only gonna keep getting worse and worse and this is a person a paid fucking professional telling you that And you're just like well we can't do that we can't shut things down because uh what are mothers supposed to do if we shut the schools like you know what i mean which you know i get Mm -hmm. is an absolutely relevant issue but when you're talking about like a a pandemic on that kind of scale like yeah that is an issue that you're just gonna have to fucking figure out you know what i mean um yeah no absolutely i think
1: that when you mentioned scale there I, i actually actually have a couple of numbers for you to like to 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 sort of scale contagion compared to the coronavirus. Uh, at the end of this film, there's no real sense of timeline in this film. I couldn't mm. figure out by the end of the film yeah, it is, how long it, everything had gone for. That is one thing. Uh, yeah, I
0: do feel like the film, it makes it feel like it's very quick from, yeah. from a initial infection to vaccine. I do think yeah. it, it doesn't maybe do the best job of conveying to you like how long it's been. Because it doesn't feel like very long yet Hmm. you're kind of seeing streets that have clearly been abandoned for 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 months because they're just piled high with with rubbish bags and things like that yeah and i would say uh considering that they're they're rolling out
1: a vaccine right at the end of the film and we're rolling out a vaccine now so we're sort of similar stages at the end of this film so their global death toll in the film is quoted as 26 million and uh our global death toll is two point seven two million, so uh, theirs is considerably more yeah. dramatic.
0: <laughs> well, that's than a th- our yeah. One. Theirs is so much more uh, dramatic because, like we talked about at the beginning, it's like if you get that, you're gone. Basically, yeah. Like it's not it's not like this one where there's so many varying degrees that you can suffer from it. Um, mm. the that was just that's what just made like it so hard to process in the beginning was that concept of like you could get it but have no concept that you have it but you could just be spreading mm. it to all these people and it's like it, it at that time it was like well how do i live my life like that because like i have to go to work like i have to go work in this shop like what if we're all just fucking giving it to everybody what if like every person who's walking out of the shop is picking up something from the shelf that i've put on that shelf and walking mm. out of there like I could be giving it to so many people, but because you have no symptoms, it's like, well, I just have to keep, I just have to keep going to work. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that was something that kind of felt really scary at the beginning. Um, was just this, uh, I <laughs> We had a conversation at my work once. I can't remember where I talked to you about this, um, about like conspiracy theories. Oh, I think we did. We talked about it on the podcast actually (laughs) go on um it was the one about how obviously the the government was going to allow five days at christmas of just kind of off you go do what you want mix with whoever you want it's all good in our book um and then as christmas got closer they obviously shat it realized that that's not a good idea that that's going to cause us so many problems so we need to wind it back but we can't just we can't just say oh we've changed our minds we're taking away christmas again uh, so it's like they, you know, the the, the uh, our conspiracy theory was that yeah they can't just say like oh we're just taking it away like there's no Christmas anymore we've changed our minds. So they went we need an incentive and the incentive is that there's a new strain and it's even more yeah. deadly and even more scary than the last one and also this one affects young people and, and children too. So use better fucking stay at home as well. Um, and it was obviously not true, but like we just thought it was funny at my work. But I'm fairly certain we talked about that on our. Incident at Loch Ness episode, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've completely forgotten what we were talking about before I went on that tangent. Uh, the 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 scale. This one's a lot more dramatic.
1: Um, yeah, it's like uh, the, the, this. Yeah, this is a, a lot more dramatic, and there's a lot of stuff that can justify because, like, we we. Uh, there, I'm sure that there was like looting in some areas of the world and stuff like that, and but. Uh, overall like looting wasn't a massive problem at least in no. britain uh panic buying was uh huge panic buying was uh getting hold of food and toilet paper at one point just felt dramatically Yeah, hard. that was a nightmare uh, i'd say in contrast to this film but this, this could probably is reflection of it being a lot deadlier virus where uh, like there's what there's a couple of points where uh, uh, somebody who's in charge of the stock of whatever it is everybody's after whether it be the, the magical Jude Law cure or just basic food goes that's everything, it's all gone Yeah. Uh, like there's there's nothing and then all of the people who are waiting in line start jumping other people who've got food or start throwing stuff at windows and you're like oh this is a, <laughs> this film's a very bleak look on humanity I did, I did <laughs> like, um
0: yeah i did think about that especially the one when they're waiting in line for the forsythia and the Mm. the 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 employee is walking down the queue and she's counting people and then she goes we only have enough for 50 doses today and then the whole crowd like panics and like rushes the counter i was like if i worked there even though this is probably still as dangerous a tactic but if i worked there i would just wait till we got to the person, the last person. Once he got it, and then that's when you go. That was our like hmm. that. Like let him get out of the shop, and then be like, that was our last dose. Like you need to come back tomorrow or whatever. You know what I mean? Instead of right out the gate, just being like, all right, lads, we've only got fifty doses. Have at it, and then everyone fucking rushes the <laughs> counter, and it's like what a stupid. And it was the same when um, they're handing out the food, uh, out of the military van, and then the guy says oh, that's, like, the end of our supplies today. And then people start attacking other people who have already been given food. And I was like, surely you would wait. Just just go, oh, sorry, guys, we've just got, like, a bit of delay. Like, won't be a moment. Wait until the people who have food are a bit clear mm. and then go, that's the last of it. You know what I mean? Just a bit of fucking... Th- but I get if you do that, then your movie doesn't have the chaotic yeah. scene of everybody panicking and, yeah. Yeah. Um, it gave me,
1: it gave me vibes of the Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, mm. where it was just like scenes of just like, not it not quite on the scale of War of the Worlds, because War of the Worlds, I mean, that's that's the reason to watch that film, mm. is the scale of panic mm. it shows you. But it was giving me vibes of that, it was just like, ah, uh, like, it's a horrible thought that if humans became so desperate, they would start like fucking tackling other people for their food mm. and... Throwing stuff and breaking glass and
0: just genuinely rioting—it's a very bleak look on humanity. And it never quite got that bad. It mostly was just you, you couldn't wipe your arse if you were in the no. right place at the right time. Um, it was more of a—it was more of an eye roll. I feel
1: like. Well, I went into Asda at one point and it was busy and I just saw this person go around with this trolley and it was filled with pasta and yeah.
0: cans, and it's like, oh, come what on. are you doing? Yeah.
1: And then and then I'm panicking because I'm like, well, what, what if the next time I can get food is ages? I'm I'm I'm, I'm now f- sucked into yeah. the panic because I'm like, what if I need food soon? Um, like it's it's fine, I've got a decent amount of
0: toilet roll right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if I suddenly need it? What and if there you is need none? it? In, yeah. What if you need it in two weeks and there's still none? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Um. You're sort of panic. It is hard, and you want to think of your. Yeah. It's like you try so hard to think of yourself as a rational person and you're like well i'm not gonna get sucked into that panic buying but then yeah there's that there's that niggling thing at the back Mm. of your head that's like well shit like what do i do if i do need pasta like but i was always very Mm. thingy about like if i have to buy something i'm buying like one which you know what i mean it's like it's like i'm not going to be a fucking dick because i had to see so much of that in my work Um, yeah
1: it was just like it's it's such weird desperation of like I mean, for a start, it's like well, the the our pan our pandemic was never that bad, so it was like, well, you, there's there's still going to be a supply of food, guys. I mean, you know, you know the, the, it's not like the government have forgotten that everybody needs yeah, food. It needs to live. food. <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> I, it will be fine. Uh, we, we've we've certainly got a, a, a strong infrastructure of food in this country, yeah. so don't worry about it too much. I,
0: I think it was just a product of not knowing what we were heading into um yeah i remember like people at my work having conversations about like oh they're gonna bring the the army and then the army is gonna be like patrolling the streets and i'm like don't be fucking ridiculous like that's absurd but again there's that bit at the back of your head because you don't know what's gonna happen Mm that you're like oh shit what like is that gonna happen like if i walk if i go outside like i remember my work gave me a form that was like this confirms like your shift so that if anyone stops you you just give them this and that'll prove it. And I was like, but who's going to be stopping me? Like, hmm. th- and you know, it's stuff like that was, and then you get it. It's like, well, fuck if I can't, if I'm not, if I literally can't leave my house, like apart from, you know, potentially like once a week where they'll let me go out shopping. It's like, I need to fucking get some shit. Like, hmm. um, there something that I thought was, uh, something that I thought was, 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 was funny when I was watching the movie was, um, one of the, one of the, the things that I benefited from, uh in terms of like the whole coronavirus situation especially in the midst of the panic buying was because i worked at a shop i had the benefit of um anything that came in me and the staff had first dibs on it so yeah. if like oh we've got like two cases of, of like pasta or toilet roll or whatever it was like does anybody need any of this and if you did you could just take it before it went anywhere near the shelves so it's like i never really had to worry and that was a great benefit right so something i was thinking when i was watching this movie was Lawrence fishburne's character right there's a plot line in this movie where Lawrence fishburne gets pulled up because right before chicago is about to go under martial law so chicago will be locked down he tells his wife to get out of chicago and come meet him in atlanta and uh he gets found out for that and is going to be, you know, put in front of a tribunal and, and uh, because you're not supposed to do that. But here's my thing. <laughs> like, if you can benefit from the situation in some way, like, surely in the same way that my perk of my job was that I got first dibs on food coming in, surely if you work for the CDC, the perk of your job is that you can be <laughs> like, oh, hey, like, this shit's about to go down. Like, you need to GTFO. <laughs> like... You know what I mean? Well he
1: even he even has that so almost that exact conversation when it comes to Kate Winslet getting ill, isn't it? He's like, "Well we should we should fly her back home. We should fly her back." And she's like, he's like, "Well that's, you know, that should surely be the 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 perk of working for the CDC is that if you get infected, we can have infrastructure to make sure you're okay." Yeah um no i get that it didn't to me it was like one of those things that didn't feel like a big deal like the the, the main thing that came out of the real pandemic was that there was a bunch of politicians specifically in america probably all, all across the world as well who found out about the the impact that coronavirus was going to have two months before it actually happened, yeah. and then they started like selling off their stock and like withdrawing from the stock market yeah. because they knew it was going to crash um so like there, there's stuff like that which is definitely a lot more sort of um, it's a lot more scummy <laughs> yeah it's a lot more scummy it's a lot more sort of uh, motivated <laughs> like it's probably not great that the people that are in charge the first thing they thought when a, a pandemic was coming to their country was well oh, i better go save all, all, all my money better go save it yeah um so like that that ended up being the real scandal of that I th- i'm not sure if that sort of thing happened whether it would be as noted if that mm. makes sense i mean it may may have happened it probably did surely because like if you're like if you're like in charge like high up in the cdc and you realize that someone you loved is in an area that's bound to be infected soon surely it, it would occur to you to <laughs> to tell them yeah or it'd be um, even just to be
0: like yeah like come be with me you know what i mean rather than yeah. like being locked down in chicago like come be with me i don't know i i, I sympathized with him I do love that moment where he says that to her on the phone and he hangs up the phone and slowly turns around and fucking John Hawks, the janitor, is just like heard the whole conversation and you're just like, oh my God.
1: I love it because he has that dramatic exit. He goes you know, I have family too. And then he tries to walk up, but he's holding a wheelie bin. (laughs) It's slightly less dramatic. It's hard to storm out of a room when you've got a wheelie bin in hand.
0: Yeah. Here's something I didn't think the film captured very well. Is, you know, obviously we talked about how we can't quite figure out how long a period this is meant to have been. Yes. Right? But presumably it's been at least a good few months. No one's hair is nearly long or unkept (laughs) enough. (laughs) Everyone's hair is far too well cut, well trimmed. It's ridiculous. Matt Damon by the end, you know, he's got a little bit of scruff going on, but nowhere near enough. I look ridiculous. (laughs) You look lovely. And this has only been since Christmas, and my Mm -hmm. hair is, like, fucking touching the roof. (laughs) There's so much of it. Um but yeah I just it was something I kept thinking about was I was like all these people are well far too well kept for not being able to get to the Mm. barbers (laughs) yeah
1: that's there's a there's a few of the sort of more domestic side isn't there like where was Gal Gadot singing Imagine in this film Mm. I don't understand yeah could she not do it was she busy when Contagion was being filmed
0: yeah it's funny how at the start of the pandemic like it was almost because there was the whole thing there was the whole clapping thing was a big hmm. thing, uh, was that every Thursday night at like 8 p.m., you went on your doorstep and you clapped, you clapped for the NHS and for all the key workers out there doing their thing. Um, and I feel like that that was very much like for a while seen as this, you know, obviously that really positive thing of like, oh, you know, it was people coming together in a, in a time of hardship to, you know, celebrate like the the heroes on the front line nice sentiment it was weird then watching that kind of turn like quite cynical where there was the whole thing of like neighbors get you know neighbors getting angry at other neighbors who weren't coming out and clapping and all that kind of stuff um but i remember like the whole time that that was going on still like when that was kind of being reported as like look at how people are coming together and helping each other and stuff and i was like nah like i work in a shop I see how scummy they are all the fucking time. Like, yeah, that just because they go out on their doorstep and clap every every week, like, doesn't make them good. Doesn't make them good people. Like, they're still arseholes. No. because now they've turned that in itself into like a political issue of like, oh well, fucking Margaret isn't coming out and clapping. What? Oh, what's the matter, Margaret? Do you not, <laughs> do you not appreciate our NHS, you bitch? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it like we're talking. It's still very much a, a, a far cry away from the. The, the panic that ensues in this movie mm. um but I, I i remember watching charlie brooker did his um he did like a yearly wipe thing kind of yeah towards death summer. to 2020 yeah uh well it was the other one he oh did. no no yeah. Was, yeah, He's like, yeah yeah it was the corona wipe yeah it was like anti anti-back wipe or something i think he called it yeah uh which kind of just summed up the events of coronavirus up to that point and he kind of said a uh, said in that he was like oh something that i think a lot of writers uh and especially a lot of kind of sci-fi apocalypse writers like myself didn't think would happen is that kind of coming together of people uh so he was like you know bravo um but i'm like nah that lasted like a fucking couple of months and everyone turned Hmm. back into scumbags again (laughs) and it's like that was also happening in the midst of people panic buying and so like others are left not able to get what they need and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's... Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't... I don't think it was all the kind of sunshine and roses that it was reported as. Um, But yeah, definitely a far cry away from people fucking... But then we had all the other stuff happen throughout the last year. We had the Black Lives Matter movement.
1: Yeah. And like... Uh, The presidential election. Yeah.
0: uh, Definitely the the kind of like kind of i guess rioting you would call it in america that didn't really happen so much here but it was Mm. fascinating watching while the world was already kind of like falling apart because of this virus situation then just watching something unrelated to that cause even more Chaos, like there was really a time in the midst of it there where it, ju- it just felt like the fucking world was ending. Um, mm. yeah, it, it, wild that that all kind of happened yeah. in the last year, but
1: I mean, but weirdly, it was related. The Black Lives Matter movement, I, I do think, um, ha- had a lot to do with the fact that a lot of people were at home mm. and that the people were already under a lot of pressure because it's not like um, a police brutality. Uh, towards minorities was a new thing in 2020 it'd been happening like for fucking decades Mm. but I think that the fact that everybody was already in a pressure cooker and people were already on their phones Mm. deaf scrolling and then something like this happened and made such a huge impact like it's not the Black Lives Matter movement last year is not unrelated Mm. to the coronavirus thing um, which is obviously something that you could never predict would come out of this that sort of that specific amount of focus on a, a social issue Um, that had nothing to do with specifically coronavirus
0: yeah i just remember thinking like because that that it it kind of bled a little bit into the uk there was obviously the big thing here with the statues um Hmm. uh, people knocking down statues of uh historical figures that they sort of deemed now in like the current kind of landscape to be you know (laughs) pieces of shit and probably unworthy of a statue <laughs> and then there was a whole nother group of people who were like well no you can't tear down our fucking statues we're gonna go out, we're gonna defend those statues Um, and I remember that happening in Glasgow I remember there was like a big thing kicked off in George Square where like a bunch of scumbags showed up to defend the statues and then they were fighting with police and all that kind of stuff and I remember just having a moment where I was like it's so weird to think that like the the the, the 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 un sort of I don't know what word you would use, unrighteous like murder of George Floyd by the police in a place thousands of miles away from me now retroactively yeah. has caused a bunch of riots in the middle of George Square with some fucking arsehole football fans fighting with police about some statues and it's just like how those two things are connected, hmm. I'll just never fully understand. And I remember thinking about that a lot with uh, coronavirus because um, I walked to work through a park and uh, during the summer, they shut a lot of the gates to the park to try and limit the amount of people who were going in like on the sunny days. Yeah. Um, and they shut the gate that I use. So I had to find a new route to work. And I remember always thinking because somewhere again thousands and thousands of miles from me because somewhere out there uh, the as they say in this movie the wrong bat met the wrong pig i now have to find <laughs> a new route to work <laughs> <laughs> that trickle down uh,
1: effect is just wild yeah it is uh, it is strange that this like uh, this alleged wet wet market in this uh, one town has caused such a, a huge um, huge thing that, like, literally no human being on this planet isn't affected by.
0: Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Something I think like just was in is maybe I guess kind of interesting that they don't really touch on is I feel like the film doesn't really get that heavily into politics, um, and kind of like political figures and the political side of a situation like this, um, which I think is in hindsight like a little bit odd because that felt like the most major part of it almost to like us ordinary people Um, you know I mean whereas like I get the film is you know so much more focused on um, the you know the actual people who would be dealing with the virus head on and things like that Um, but yeah I just think yeah for a film that I think so so well captures like so many different aspects it's interesting that they don't really delve into like the political effect really of it that hmm. much it's a uh, I, I i um i maybe
1: it's not this who really you specifically meant but the the film also has the virus starting in in uh well not quite in China and Hong Kong um and obviously like that has become uh, a as a political issue hmm. uh especially with like um someone like the former president of the United States calling it the chinese flu and stuff like yeah. that uh, I th- I think that the the nicer part of The Contagion is that it was made in, like, Barack Obama's America. Yeah. And, like, that was when we all believed that racism, while not finished with, was, you know, getting out the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> we thought it's like, look, don't worry about it, racism's leaving, like, it, and eventually <laughs> it will be gone. Uh, so that, that does feel like a thing that the film couldn't have predicted. It's like, uh, if the film's like, oh, if it happened now, you know, it probably, that sort of thing... it it, it might it probably still be there but it wouldn't be as big a issue but since Mm. like as as I said the former president of the United States was the sort of calling it the the, uh, Chinese flu like that made it political straight away so it's a a very different political climate it was made in yeah Um, but it is interesting it is interesting the fact it comes from the same place but that's not an issue no one ever goes fucking China or anything it's really it's very neutral on it
0: I think you're right I think no, they could never have predicted that. Fucking, that the two kind of people in power in terms of you know America and the UK, like the people in power, would be, the the fucking people that are in power. Like they, they could have never predicted yeah. it would be fucking Donald Trump and Boris Johnson, like two people who are like both. They well, you know, but Donald Trump definitely, Boris Johnson kind of more, like less so. But like basically celebrity politicians like Hmm. it's ridiculous that they're even there and then suddenly like they they clearly seem to be there for profiteering reasons and for egotistical reasons and then suddenly they're thrust into this situation this global pandemic that clearly neither of them have any fucking clue how to deal with it Um, yeah so I guess it's like they could have never predicted that that's who we'd be dealing with in charge because I guess if you think about it from our perspective we have you know we've had nicola sturgeon and i guess for the most part it's very much she just kind of comes out and goes right lads here's the deal this many people have died these are the restrictions keep at it like there's nothing mm. as interesting about that i guess you know what i mean whereas it was so fascinating yeah. to watch yeah the president of the united states telling people to inject bleach because that might help kill the virus and their <laughs> fucking wild um but yeah i just i just uh i so yeah i guess if you were to just think of it on the most basic terms yeah the political aspect maybe isn't the most interesting angle it's just that it was to us because we were dealing with such surreal yeah politicians in charge yeah it was already a a heavily
1: sort of political environment before covid came along yeah. Uh, like it was it was already uh, the rise of something uh, a completely different kind of like spread of virus um before even the coronavirus game. Uh, so it was it was interesting the differences there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel this has been maybe like one of the weirdest movies we've ever talked about because I yeah. I could tell we've not like talked about like the movie as much. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I knew it would be like that coming into it like i yeah i almost think i knew this was going to be like a weird cathar, not cathartic but just a weird way for us to just be like here's like the last year and here's how this film kind of reflects that captures it yeah it's similar um i mean we have obviously we've talked about the movie quite a lot but it's definitely i feel like this is definitely gonna be one of our weirder episodes and that we kind of talk about contagion without really talking about contagion all that much i um, uh,
1: it's a it's a it's a strange it's a, it's now it's a strange artifact of this time even yeah. though it wasn't made in this time it's like it is, so apparently i did read somewhere that steven soberberg is going to be working on us like a what he described as a, philosoph- a philosophical sequel to it okay uh so that might be interesting if he i don't know what that would involve i don't i, I guess it wouldn't be a literal sequel to it because what what i mean what what more could you cover with this mm. but Whether he'd maybe do some sort of semi remake, but with the hindsight of coronavirus, Mm. Um, that'd be interesting. Sounds like a lot better than that fucking horrible-looking Michael Bay film that came out last Uh, year. Yeah, that just looked like the most exploitative thing you could ever come out. The fact that um, yeah,
0: the fact that there were people fucking like some of the you know people affected by coronavirus, like they're not even fucking cold and michael bay is already like farting out his million dollar movie that like turns it into this crazy sci-fi concept and it's like fuck you man like this is such blatant profiteering (laughs) when did michael bay ever think he could make
1: something so like (laughs) like like topical i guess is the word because like his films have always been so unapologetically shit popcorn flicks yeah like I'm not even sh- necessarily shit. Like I, I think that like something like obviously he's had his good films and stuff. Like people like The Rock and stuff. Um, but you're like the guy who made Armageddon about people who went at like drill people who trained to be astronauts from yeah. that, that meteor. Like, and then made all these Transformers films. And you're like, well, why? Why did you ever think you would? Be, you'd be best making a film like yeah. this that was never like even the fans of michael bay would have never wanted that
0: that's not what they're fans of michael yeah. bay for <laughs> no i know I, w- I would say like maybe birdsong w- like would almost be a better coronavirus movie to do one day because maybe we'd actually because talk about the movie <laughs> because it would be so far oh, removed from reality i'm not sure if i could no i don't because think i like, could put myself i remember watching it. the trailer i remember just being
1: depressed watching the trailer because mm. it, it, it did like like the uh give him his due i guess in in the looser sense of the in the term that michael bay really did like in that trailer just like touch on stuff that was like nerves that you're like oh my god that's mm. too raw like that's you, you're using iconography that we're, we're still in the middle of like it's bad enough um in in some sense of like something like man of steel where Zack snyder's using like 911 um imagery like uh fucking 10 years after or over 10 years after 9-11 mm. happened and even that you're still like wow this is really powerful imagery and someone michael bay's making fucking coronavirus imagery before we've even fucking done with the yeah. thing uh, even using coronavirus isn't it uh, it's he even uses the like calls it covid uh yeah he's not that, he's that's not that's an dancing an around it <laughs> <laughs> um
0: i'll run through my notes see if there's any small things uh, i was gonna say matt like- damon Oh yeah, sorry. Well, talk about Matt Damon cuz that is kind of relevant nah. to what
1: I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Matt Damon's uh really I like the way he acts on in this. I love I love his underacting of it. Like it, it like he has the most dramatic story arc of like his wife and his stepson dies like so close to like uh, like right um, after each other. Mm. Uh but like it, he, I really love that scene where he's told his wife's dead and he just yeah. doesn't believe it. It's such a fucking powerful scene. He's like, "I'm afraid your wife didn't make it." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, can I go speak to her?" And yeah. you're like, "Holy!" It's like, I, I don't know. I, this it sounds stupid. I, 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 I feel like every so often I forget that Matt Damon is this incredible actor. Mm. Um, because he does like a, he does a big mixture of films and he's pretty much good in whatever he does. Like he, like Matt Damon's always fun to watch. But you're watching this film and you're like, "That was." fucking incredible like that you were, no like, that is an incredible watch watching that moment i think that yeah. that's
0: like his kind of character arc almost is like that he never really gets given an opportunity until the very end to actually process what has happened yeah. like his wife dies so suddenly and that scene in the hospital is incredible um hmm. yeah where like you said the doctor is explaining what's happened and he's just like okay so like when can i go talk to her and he's just like what are you talking about like wh- like what <laughs> happened to her like i was just with her and it's like yeah that happens and then instantly his son dies from the exact same thing then he's thrown into quarantine and oh, then before that he's told his wife cheated on him <laughs> yeah so it's like all these things happen to him and he's constantly you know having to protect his daughter like they're they're he's trying to keep the boyfriend away from her they're trying to go to like get supplies but like the shops have been ransacked and stuff like that and so then finally you know the 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 boyfriend gets, like, at the end of the film when her boyfriend gets the vaccine and they're allowed to come back in and, you know, it kind of feels like he's going to be okay. Finally, he, like, sits down with the camera and, like, looks through the camera at photos of his his wife and, like, finally has that moment to, to, like, react to Mm -hmm. what's happened because things have slowed down for a fucking second. So he can... And he finally, like, breaks down and it's kind of a heartbreaking scene for someone who who you know for a film that doesn't really have like a main character i guess um Mm. uh, he's probably the closest one maybe but i was going to say like do you think one of the reasons why i think that even though there's so many characters this film like kind of keeps you captivated by every story is that he's able to pull together this fucking insane cast so it's like Mm. you don't just have you know you're Matt Damon and you're Laurence Fishburne and then kind of just a bunch of character actors it's like no you've got like Matt Damon Laurence Fishburne Kate Winslet uh fucking John Hawks is in there as a janitor which just feels like such like is that just <laughs> the thing of like of, of like yeah I'll work on a Steven Soderbergh movie if, even if I'm the fucking janitor like why not yeah um, you've got like Brian Cranston's in there Marion Cotillard Um, Gwyneth Paltrow like all these quite kind of captivating performances that I think really keep you engaged where like a lesser you know on like a lesser budget where they might have had like one big actor and then a lot of kind of lesser known like maybe less experienced actors it wouldn't have been quite as captivating Hmm. whereas like you know Laurence Fishburne and Kate Winslet are so uh, incredible to watch and hold your attention so much um i think i yeah i think it works to like the film's benefit a lot the fact that they're able to get yeah. pull such a huge cast away. i think it probably helps that like eve
1: because you don't get much of an emotional investment to, uh to each of these characters mm. but you already have a pre-installed emotional investment to most of these actors yeah. in some way or the other like uh even if it's a, a superficial thing of like Kate, Kate Winslet's got the virus and you're like, well, that's sad because, you know, it's Kate Winslet even mm. if you've not yet had a chance. Chi- like, you've not had a full thing about who Kate Winslet's character is and um, what her emotional baggage is coming into this and you, you, you just instantly connect to her because, you know, it's fucking Kate Winslet. Yeah. You are in- instantly. And, like... It's something like Lawrence fishbone you immediately buy as the, a, an expert on something you know you, you pick a topic and you Lawrence fishbone could like play an expert on it yeah you just believe it straight away Uh that yeah you have that pre-installed stuff that sort of helps you can com- um, emotionally connect with everything quicker mm.
0: yeah i think it definitely works to the the film's benefit having a cast like that um mm. but yeah, do you have anything else you want to say about <laughs> the contagion the movie we've not talked about <laughs> no i i uh
1: I think that's basically it yeah it's uh it it's probably it, it's a hard-hitting film but it, it does feel like a weirdly like important film a film that should have just sort of faded away as just part of Steven soberberg's like already pretty fantastic filmography mm. uh as that just that film he did about oh yeah I remember he did a film about a virus once and now it's probably one of his most important film. well yeah
0: now i think it will kind of i think yeah i think it will be a film that is still looked at for a long time because of the relevance it's had to the situation we've gone through mm. um which yeah is quite fascinating i i've now seen it i think four times i think it's incredible i almost find it in a weird way as scared as it makes as it made me yesterday and as much as it kind of brought back that initial fear that i had this time last year there is something nice about watching it and going, Well fuck man, like at least it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, like like at least, you know yeah. yeah, you literally get it and like a day later you're dead. Like at least at least at least it wasn't that. And at least, you know, we didn't yeah, have literal panic in the streets and that kind of stuff. You know, uh, it was I'm glad that I ours was fun kind of the ours was the ours was the P G version of like <laughs> Contagion. Yeah,
1: definitely. I got a little fun out of some of the film logic in it. Uh, I like that they're watching Gwyneth Paltrow in that casino on the CCTV and you're just like how comprehensive is this CCTV? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Every yeah. time Gwyneth Paltrow such, um touches something there's like a HD <laughs> yeah. screenshot of it in front of them. They're like oh, and then she touches a mobile that the strange gives her there and you're like <laughs> that's a, I like there's a little bit of film logic thrown in here.
0: How did you feel about um, the The scene with the i forget the actress who plays her but the doctor who tests the vaccine on herself in this very sort of like i don't know kind of it's it's an odd it's an odd moment like that the the way she kind of saunters through the it's like jesus like going you know interacting with the sick like it's no big deal you know she takes off her mask and her gloves and she's like oh i'm all right you know i'm I'm gonna be fine um it sticks out because this this film
1: has a very sort of uh yeah I've tried, I've tried to even think what the word is like a, a marxist for lack of a better term approach to like characters uh and it, it does feel very sort of there, there is no hero in the sense yeah but that does feel very individualistic in a, in a way only films tend to be um like like you would get in most sort of more popcorny disaster flicks there's a uh, one person and a, or a group of small people who were like we're gonna be here we're gonna solve everything we're gonna go up to the meteor and drill inside it or we're gonna we're gonna go up and just dist- um stop this and uh it, it's very strange for this film that it felt very good at balancing all of these different characters reacting to it to then suddenly get to to, to get like a sort of more traditional cinematic hero yeah it's slightly out of place but it was it was still a touching scene it was still well directed still well acted i guess
0: the only thing i could think in like that it's trying to go far with that. Um because they kind of have it earlier with again, I forget the actor's name, but um Monica's dad from Friends. Um I love that Steven Silt's um Soberberg is keeping him in money. Yeah. <laughs> through um, one of his films. Yeah, he it's like his character, you know, is kind of looking into the virus in quite early stages and he's told by, you know, the higher ups, like, you gotta burn your fucking like burn it all, cook your books, like we don't want mm. it because it, Lawrence Fisherman says it is like we can't have it somewhere like that because the last thing we need is this virus leaving the lab on the bottom of someone's shoe. Um, and so he doesn't he ends up like study continuing to study it in private and then manages to uh, like make the virus so that they can now start experimenting on vaccines for it. Um, and it's quite similar to the scene with her later on where, you know, they think they have this vaccine and she's like well you know we have to run it through like this trial and this trial and then we have to take it to human trials which could take months and then she kind of just decides like or i could just try it on myself mm. and we'll just fucking see and so maybe what he's trying to go for is like that something like this will is overcome by like the the perseverance of like people and like individual people who are willing to go the extra mile as opposed to one big entity of the CDC who's trying to control or you know the the world health organization who's trying to control the way it's all happening like you put it that way and it feels very clint eastwood
1: uh like that that very much man versus bureaucracy like an individual versus bureaucracy and it's i mean it's not the greatest like i mean there's reason why there's systems and there's a reason why lawrence um like wanted the lab closed down Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why there's human trials it seems very bold like what if what if it turns out she's immune to the disease? Yeah, well that's and that's that, it. Yeah. That, the vaccine doesn't actually work. That like these systems don't exist to like dilute the process. They they exist to to like like to to like manage the process yeah. more efficiently. So it, it's like not the greatest me, me, um, message to have. Uh, very as I said, Clint Eastwood.
0: No, now that you put it like that, I I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only other thing I think is I I think the Marion Cotillard plotline I don't think ends like as satisfyingly as I would have liked. Um, the fact that they, they they give the village the vaccine and then they let Marion Cotillard go and then when she's waiting in the airport, the guy's like, oh, we actually we didn't give them a real vaccine we gave them a placebo. And then she kind of panics and gets up and walks out the airport. And I found that bit I think I think because of the fact it was what I was saying earlier where the one kind of storyline I don't think gets dedicated enough attention is her one, is because I think it's meant to imply that in the time she's been there, she's, you know, like formed a connection with the people of this village. But it's like A we didn't really see that. Like the last the next time we see her is that, you know, you see her kinda interacting with the kids in school and it seems like she's good, but then when she's getting driven back to the to trade off the vaccine for her and she goes on the phone with a guy and she's like yeah i'm fine like just make like just make this happen do what they say i just want to get home so it kind of feels odd that she would then stand up and run back to them especially when i'm like well what are you off to do like what are you yeah like what are you going to do now <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah even even that scene might have worked a little
1: bit more if she was if we if we if we left with her contemplated it like her thinking about it like yeah the fact that she leaves to do something and then we never see what she does is strange because the, the, the point's made, you know? Like, they, they weren't even willing... Even when they had the vaccine, they weren't willing to yeah. give the village the vaccine. So the point is thoroughly well made. You didn't need, like, again, this sort of person versus... Uh, this individual versus bureaucracy, individual versus society moment where she's like, well, i am going to go do something now. And you're like, don't need that. You can just... You know, you can just sit uncomfortably in the moment in the fact that uh non Western uh rural people are likely to get the vaccine last and that fucking sucks. Yeah. So
0: I do your points made. She that that storyline does have one of my favourite moments though, which is kind of one of the very last moments when she's in the airport and she's watching just an interaction between two people in the in the queue to get like to get on the plane. Hmm. And the guy drops his ticket and the other guy picks the ticket up for him and hands yeah, it to him. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so indicative of, like... And, you know, I know that everyone will see this every day, but I know, like, as somebody who's worked at a shop this whole time, it's, like, you do just see that every minute of every day. Like, people just doing little things like that where it doesn't seem like anything. And I know I've done it. Like, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but if you were to look at it from the perspective of someone like her like that's what's causing the problem here (laughs) you know what i mean yeah um it's uh it is it because it it kind of highlights how i
1: watch films now like if something like that happened in a in 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 any other film it is like you 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 pick up on it weirdly now in a a straight in a way that you wouldn't have before yeah uh and obviously you you do it in real life as well um but like it is it's kind of strange to see that sort of encapsulated just that strange small moment of nothing really happening but like this actually like picks up on it
0: yeah this just very like honest little interaction just a nice interaction between two people could be the death of one of them Hmm. or both of them like yeah you you have no idea um it's a really fucking good movie i love it a lot um it's very i i went into it yesterday because i you know even though it had been a year ago that i watched it it still felt quite recent and i did kind of have a thing of like well you know i'll put it on and i'll but I was like, there's some stuff I want to buy online. Like, I might do some, like, internet shopping on my phone while I'm while I'm watching it. Um, but I just got mm-hmm. sucked in so quickly. Um, it really does just grab you again. And I think it was really interesting watching it kind of at the year mark of this whole situation. Um, but yeah. Uh, there we go. That's Contagion. And then also our review of real life, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> of the drama of the last year. Um where can people find us, Danny, if they were so inclined? They can find us in our home
1: still. Uh, that joke gets <laughs> less funny at the moment, but I, I, reckon it will get funnier again soon. So I think it's gonna, uh, it's due, it's due for a second wave to use. Poor <laughs> yeah. choice of words.
0: <laughs> you gotta start um, shutting down podcasts that are recorded in the same room <laughs> and start reopening it, podcasts that are recorded if, remotely. <laughs>
1: what if uh, it turned out there was a mutation that was like oh guys like coronavirus air like touching surfaces also podcasts yeah <laughs> it podcasts. gets through the mic <laughs> and if anybody who listens to an infected podcast gets infected as well uh,
0: what if the next Scott, what would we do what if the next pandemic <laughs> it's like Oh, it actually affects you more if you're by yourself. Whereas if you're in a group of people, it <laughs> spreads amongst everyone, so it affects you like a lot. Like it affects everyone a lot. So we actually need everyone to be in crowds all the time. <laughs> it's illegal to be in your home by yourself.
1: Um, that's amazing. That'd be such a that's that's like a funny parody film right there. happening. Yeah, that'll be the they two. They wouldn't be able to film fucking, that now.
0: What are they called? The guys who do like meet the Spartans and stuff, I'm sure we'll make it at some point. Um, um, but anyway, it's been a pleasure. They, oh, sorry. I, I'll backtrack. They can find us at Facebook and
1: Twitter at Second Opinion. That's Second Over 2. I actually forgot to say it because oh, my joke was so funny. Well, there we go. Yeah, that was good. To say
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Eat your JK Simmons. Thank you. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 bye, bye.